All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim on a nice Friday morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this. We're, it's, we're a little down tonight, Tim. I just don't you, have my mojo. I don't know why. Yeah, you're missing that? Is, you just miss Danielle. I know she's out with her friends tonight. She's out with her friends. The kids are sleeping or supposed to be sleeping. The, the house is quiet. It's funny how I... You know, I don't have a TV. Did you know that? You don't have a TV? Everyone has a TV, John. Not me. I just want, I'm, you know, I live a different kind of lifestyle than everybody else, I guess. You're, you're so unique and interesting. I just, you know, I just love reading and just sitting with my thoughts. It's honestly awful. I wish I had a TV <laughs> right now so I could just like zone out and watch a TV and just watch anything. Anything right now would be so nice. Literally Anything you could put on, I would sit there and watch it. I miss it. I miss my TV. What am I going to do? 20 minutes away, John. I have a TV. You can come hang anytime you, you want. You can't leave the kids here. No way. They're old enough. They're sleeping. Doesn't matter. Yeah, they're sleeping. You want to go to jail? How'd John go to jail? He went to watch TV at Tim's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, how you doing, my, my main man, Tim? Tell, tell the audience how you're doing. I'm doing fine. I got a lot of texts this week from, from listeners uh, congratulating me on beating COVID. So thank you if you reached out. I feel good. Um, means a lot. It's, it's, it always surprises me when that stuff happens. So it's been, it's been nice to hear. I saw one of the best chirps in a while in our fantasy hockey league that we do with some fans. He said, Tim finally got a win. He beat COVID. <laughs> it was really funny. Because you're I, absolutely horrendous in our fantasy league. You're absolutely yeah, just I Honestly, I have a top three team in the league. How, is that, how I, can you say that when you're last place? I just get. I think I just every everyone that plays me just gets lucky that week, and I just I just get bad matchups. And you look at my lineup; it's on paper they're just incredible. The, you're I, the I epitome of what's wrong with kids these days, where you think you know everything and everything's perfect, and you're just a train wreck. And you're like, I have the I'm the best. There's no, it's not me. I'm the best. Me, I'm the best. It's not. Thanks for I, calling you guys me a are just kid. getting lucky. Makes me feel young again. You got to grow up, Tim. You're you have the worst team in the league, the worst. Who's got the best? I do, and I don't think I'm the best. I think I'm getting lucky, but I'm also winning nine nothing this week. So I must be doing something right. I don't know. I don't know what it is. John, what's the deal with these uh, these fight videos you've been releasing this week on hockey fights? Is 
channel. Change the subject pretty quick there, Tim. It's my job. I got to move yeah, the show along. Yeah, I uh, you know, I want I've been wanting to do this for a while and it just felt like a perfect thing with hockeyfights.com that we're partnering with now. It's like I watch fights today and I want to, you know, I don't I I don't want to say I want to critique them. But I, I want to be a fan. I want to tell people what the fight's all about, the reasons behind it, things that they're doing, things that they should do, why it's a great fight, why it's a terrible fight. Just kind of just give a, a breakdown of behind the fight. You know, I don't think people realize the stuff that goes inside a fight, before the fight, after the fight, stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. Even even a fight like I, the first one I did was Lucic and Austin Watson. From the outside looking in, it's just, just like Lucic's throwing around Austin Watson. There's a lot of stuff that goes in behind it. I don't know. We're going to do it. I think it's fun. I don't care if anybody likes it. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun little five-minute clip. I don't know. How long are they? Five, six, seven minutes. We're, I've done two. I'll probably do more. They're called Scott's Thoughts, just like Scott's Tots from The Office. I thought that was a, a fun little play on that. We can do more than fights. We can do some uh, you know, goals, celebrations, some bloopers. Yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll keep it loose, Tim. Yeah, they've been fun. I mean, you got a lot of uh, positive feedback so far. Hockey Fights has been posting them on their channel, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, and on their YouTube page. So check it out. They're uh, posting kind of a, a lot, a, I guess. That's too much. No, they're posting on everywhere their audience is. And, like, you know, it's, it's good insight. It's kind of like you, you don't really realize what goes on behind the dance, right? You know, the, the little things that – and even you, like, you're not, you're not actually even talking to these players. Like, but you just know just from your experience, like, why this guy's fighting and, and why they're doing what they're doing and what kind of – how the context plays into, uh, you know, two guys dropping the gloves. So uh, go check it out. Check them out if you haven't listened yet. It'll be coming out every week. Did you see what the comment Curtis Gabriel made, the guy, the tough guy for the Sharks? Mm, which one? Um, he made a comment when they played St. Louis and Bennington kind of went cycle the game before. And he's like, after the game, he fought Clifford. He did, he did okay. It's not like he beat him up really bad. But after the game, he's like, you know what? I just wanted to send the message that no one's going to do that versus our team as long as I'm on it. I'm like – Pump the brakes, Gabriel. Like, you've been in the league for less than a half of a quarter of a cup of coffee. Like, you've had a handful of crew fights. Like, let's not get carried away here, man. Like, that kind of irked me a little bit. It's like you're not even in the top five, ten guys in the league who, who are tough. So, I don't know. When you get a reputation, you can maybe say something like that. But even that, like, I don't think you should say something like that. It's embarrassing. It's like, okay, you're the man, you know, uh, everyone's going to see that quote and they're not going to want to do anything versus the sharks. Cause they're scared of Curtis Gabriel. I don't know. Stuff like that, where you just like showboating a little bit in the media. It's like, nobody cares. I hope he gets knocked out. I do. He do, He deserves to get beat up after that comment. He fought Kyle Clifford and he fought Ryan Reeves and he did okay in both fights. Good for him. Doesn't mean you get to go out and just like, spout at the mouth like no one's gonna mess with the sharks anymore if i'm in the lineup it's like pumped like easy like honestly settle down kid yeah i mean he's he's making a name for himself right we're talking about i mean he's probably just trying to grab a little bit of attention from the other enforcers in the league and i don't know if anyone's scared of him or anything but but certainly um you know he's not been quiet in his role so far no, he's really big with the center center line conversations. The first yeah. two games he's been in, he just like talks at the center ice, the the red line. I don't, I've never understood that. 
I, I've never gotten it. It's like the warm-ups are for skating around and getting warmed up. He just sits there and talks to their tough guy, like, I'm going to fight you tonight. And Reeves is like, yeah, oh, maybe. Okay. Clifford's like, okay. Uh, have you seen my, my hairline? It's terrible right now. Like, I, I've never understood the conversation. It should be this. You want to go tonight? No? Okay. You want to go? Yep. All right. We're going to do it. I've never, I've never talked at the red line ever. I, I don't see the purpose in it. I don't see, you're not going to gain any kind of advantage. It's just pointless to me. If you're going to fight, you're going to fight. If not, you're not, you're not going to scare somebody by just, Hey, Hey, you skate. Hey, come back here. I'm going to fight you tonight. It's like, ah, great. I don't know. Stuff like that is just pointless to me. It's just a waste of time. Speaking of the sharks, did you see this new report on Evander Kane today? Yes, I have his life yeah but you know uh-huh. what okay go ahead tell everyone the report okay so just weeks after filing bankruptcy we talked about this in depth you know last month uh the report came out from dan kaplan and kevin kurz of the athletic who are two like legit reporters they, they have inside info um reported today that the the sharks have told federal bankruptcy court they're considering voiding his contract which he's due another $29 million over the next few years. It kind of seems backward. I don't know if it does that have to do with the fact that he has declared bankruptcy. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, the finances, logistics of it, but it's, I've never heard of anything like this in the NHL. Have you? Well, no, this is definitely rare because no one goes in debt when they, when they play in the NHL and they're making that much money. So the way this worked was Evander took loans based off of his future earnings. So he went to casinos, he went to banks, he went to other places. I'm not sure where. But he said, hey, I'm going to make 56, whatever it is, 50 million bucks over the next seven years. Loan me 500 grand. Loan me a million bucks. So he gets these loans within crazy interest rates on them. And he's expected to pay them back. And so he's got these outstanding loans, but they're all based on his contract. So the way I see it, and and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, because I could be, but from my understanding is this could be good for Evander Kane. If, if his contract gets terminated, those loans are also terminated because they're based on his future earnings in this contract. So uh, I could be wrong, but if that contract gets terminated, I don't know what happens to those loans. So this could be a good thing for the Sharks because they can get out from under his bad contract, which – they need to get out from under. He, he's not producing. He's, he's got an okay, you know, total this year. But if he's making seven schmill, not a good look. This could be good for Evander. If he gets out from this contract, he loses all that debt. So, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do it. But, you know, it could be a win-win on both sides, except for the uh, casinos who are trying to get their money. But we'll see what happens. Right. And a second report came out from Kevin Kurz, who's the same guy who, who reported this originally. But a team spokesman said the Sharks are 100% committed to honoring his contract and have no intention of having it terminated. I mean, just the fact that it's, it's being talked about and it's reported, like there's clearly some discussion there where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And, and again, like we talked about this before with Evander, but the, the, the chatter and chirps you must be hearing about all this, it's just got to be lethal on the ice. Yeah, it's funny. You would think, I don't know. I, I think guys feel bad for him a little bit because he's already played out a few years of this contract. He has about 30 mil left. And he's still super in debt. So like he, he's not going to make any money. He's going to walk out of this contract having played in the NHL for 
over a decade made over 60, 70, 80 million dollars and have not a penny to show for it. Like that's that's quite the feat. So I think guys like, yeah, Vander, like, uh, like sorry, man. Like let's let's get this figured out. But that's that's a tough look. He still has 30 million left to make. Hopefully he can pay off his debts and kind of turn his financial status around. He's he's a good hockey player. He's still relatively young. Like he, he still has some productive years ahead of him. Just, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to bag on him any more than we have. It's just like, it's like at this point we're beating a dead horse. It just, I, I want him to catch a good break. You know what I mean? Like just something good happened to Evander. But I, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. Well, let's, let's talk about the Bruins then. Because Speaking of know, bad beats. <laughs> we talked about them a little bit last or the other, the other day, but the Bruins are really starting to skid. They're in fourth place in their division. They got the Rangers and Flyers breathing down their necks. And Don Sweeney, their GM, came out and spoke to the press yesterday, and he, he made some pretty strong statements. Uh, he kind of said he got asked questions about making some trades, adjusting the fact that his team is not scoring, particularly on five on five. And he said, quote, if we have to shade things up, I think we'll do that. Understand that the expectations haven't changed. Our group has played well, but not quite good enough. And the scoring has been the Achilles heel up to this point. Hopefully you can find it from within, or I'm going to have to bring, make a move to bring in support. So just to set the context a little bit here, the Bruins now rank 21st in the NHL at 2.28 goals per game. But the problem really in the story that, that's making this such a bad uh, it problem for them is the Bruins rank 27th in the entire league at five-on-five five goals with 39. Um, only one power play over the last seven games, one power play goal. This is before tonight. I think they scored one. But still, like, this is – it doesn't really make sense. And, you, and you, I mean, you can't really take out their top line. But their top line is for, has accounted for literally 50% of their goals this year. So it's just like they're, they're so reliant on that line. And if the team figures out how to shut them down, they're going to have nothing to answer for. I mean, you haven't, they haven't got a goal with eating strength at all from David Krejci, Andre Kasha, or Jake DeBrusque, who was a healthy scratch the other night. And those three forwards are supposed to be their second line. You know, um, they, they had a chance to make some moves in the offseason. They didn't. They watched guys like Toffoli, Duclair, Hoffman, uh, several others go on and sign on, on other teams. And now if they have to make a move to address this lack of scoring, they're going to have to give up some pretty good value when, in the form of prospects, draft picks, and probably cash. So it's like, you know, I, I'm glad that Sweeney's paying attention and, and he's willing to make a move to address this. But it feels like he's kind of cleaning up his own mistakes by not addressing this in the offseason. Well, yeah, it's funny how he's playing, you know, bad cop right now. It's like, we're going to mix things up. We're going to shake it up. We're going to bring in new bodies. You had five months to do this. Everybody talked about this. This was not a big secret. This, this isn't a surprise. that's just all of a sudden being sprung on Don Sweeney. It's like, oh my goodness, we have no scoring. Oh, our defense is struggling. Well, how did this happen? You had five months to figure this out. You left, you let the cornerstone of your franchise walk when he wanted to come back in Zidane Chara. You let arguably one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL walk when you could have signed him for a decent contract. You did not address your lack of scoring at the wings. You had opportunities to sign Toffoli, Declare, Hoffman, at very, very reduced prices from what they went into the offseason thinking they were going to get. The opportunities were there. You went out and you got Smith. That's it. Like, other than that, you sat on your hands and you just whistling Dixie, not even wondering or hoping or trying to do anything. 
And so now all of a sudden you're surprised that you're not scoring goals five on five. You're surprised that your defensemen are not producing. You're surprised that your power plays junk the last seven games. You're surprised that you're just at fourth place and sliding fast. He should lose his job. This is a direct result of his inactivity this offseason. If he doesn't – listen, he has two options here. Two, you have to mortgage your future and go out and trade for uh, uh, Matthias Ekholm from Nashville. You got to go out and try to, you know, take a shot at uh, a Taylor Hall, go big, and really make a push of the cup, or he's got to sell the ship. You got to trade David Krejci. You got to trade Tuka Rask. You got to trade these guys to get some draft capital. Your farm system is a joke. You have no one in the farm to trade. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup if you just make a few little moves. There are better teams in your division. There are better teams in other divisions. So what, what are you going to do, Don Sweeney? You can't just, you know, I'm going to trade my first rounder and go get Taylor Hall. Are you going to win the Stanley Cup if you're Boston, if you get Taylor Hall? Uh, you're closer, but no, you need defense at more than I think. They are in a position now, Boston, where their window, is it, it, is it closed? No, no, come on. Be honest, no. though. Where other teams are, are I, I don't think it's closed. It's getting dangerously close to being closed. And, and it's, it's tough to say that because they have such a great team. They have Pasternak, Marshawn. They have Bergeron. They have good pieces. Charlie McAvoy is a good piece. It will take some work to piece together some, some, some parts to help those guys, but it doesn't look good right now. It doesn't look good. And for him to come out and say, we're going to get some new bodies in here, that bothers me. It's like you should have did it five months ago when you had the chance and there was good bodies that you could replace them with. In my opinion, you can't stay pat. You can't just do nothing. You have to go out and make a move. Now, mind you, maybe some medicine is on the way. They've, they've had a pretty tough schedule to date. The medicine is obviously the Buffalo Sabres. They have not yet played the Buffalo Sabres. Tim, they, isn't, how many games do they have? insane? They yeah. have eight games left against the Buffalo Sabres for their final, like, whatever, 28 games. Like, it's so crazy. A third, a third yeah. of their games is going to be versus Buffalo. Oh. So, <laughs> conservatively, and this is being conservative, if they play Buffalo eight times, they're going to win five. They'll probably tie one, lose in an overtime, and they'll lose two maybe outright. So, five, two, and one in those eight games. That should push their chances for the playoffs a little bit higher. But I don't know. What, where does Boston end up at the end of the season? I think they do make the playoffs, and I do think they need to make – I would love to see them go get a package, and I know that it would be expensive both from a, a, a capital, uh, you know, a trade package and also the, the salary cap. But go get uh, Ekholm and Philippe Forsberg from Nashville. You address two major problems in one big package deal. You, you, you give up some, some pieces to go get those guys. I know Ekholm was an affordable contract. I don't have Forsbergs in front of me. But, like, those guys, Nashville's teetering. Like, they're going to be looking to sell. And those are the two that – I mean, Ekholm is really the one everyone's talking about. But um, I think Forsberg has, has not really been right for the last year and a half or so in terms of his production, what he's capable of. Um, and I think you could probably – you could slot him on Krejci's line and hopefully they find some chemistry together. I would love to see them make a move like that. The other yeah, interesting thing, yeah. too, is so 2015, the Bruins, if you remember, this is the year that I think that John Sweeney came in and they traded Lucic, they traded Dougie Hamilton, yep. they traded um, in a couple of big moves, all within a couple of days, and they had three draft picks in a row in the first round. Remember that? The 13, 14, 15 pick. 
And <laughs> so tonight, it actually, they're playing the uh, Rangers tonight. Tonight's the first time all three of those players are on the roster for the same time. And it's Jake DeBrus. I don't remember the exact order, but Jake DeBrus, Jacob Zborrell, and uh, Zach Senishin. But all, all the, you know, Jake DeBrus has been on the team since he, since he was a rookie. The other two have mostly been in, in uh, Providence. But first time tonight. But do you know who was picked number 16 right after those three swings and misses? Sidney Crosby. My, Matthew Barzal. Oh. Like, and there's and if, if you look at it, there's, there's more like that. Like the next five or six picks are all just studs in this league, and it's just so frustrating. Like you you swing and miss on three in a row, and then Matthew Barzal is the next one up. Like, come on. That's a tough one. You, that yeah, that's a tough night when you got to go to sleep after after that. But anyways, hey, they're up four nothing tonight. You know what? But guess what? Their first line has got three of their four goals. So, again, the problem is tertiary scoring, secondary scoring. Jake DeBrusque is off the schneid. He's got his second goal of the year. Good for him. But the problem still remains. Can Boston find some secondary scoring? Can they get their help from their defense? Oh, you got the list up here. Kyle Connor, great player for Winnipeg right now, picked right afterwards. Thomas Shabbat. Stud defenseman for Ottawa. Yevgeny Shevnikov. He's doing – you know what? He's actually playing pretty well for Detroit right now. Shevchnikov, whatever. <laughs> Erickson yeah. Eck for the Wild. He's playing really well. Samsonov, good goalie for the Capitals. Mike, Brock Besser, Travis Konecki, Jack Roslovic. There's some good players picked right after them. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's that is pretty funny. And they went – Jacob Zorbold, Jake DeBrusque, and some other no-name. Zachary Senishin. Oh, By the way, goodness. the Islanders, we, we got a little criticism talking about the surprises at the halfway point, and we didn't talk about the Islanders. I think that's on us, John. They What they've been doing, I, I, I don't know if I just haven't been paying attention or what, but I was looking through their stats, and, and I was just kind of blown away today. They've won six in a row. Um, I don't know who they're playing tonight. I don't know. I haven't tracked that. But the six in a row, they're 13-2-2 two two in their last 17 games. First in the Eastern Division, and, and what we it's the strongest division. I think most people kind of counted them out heading into the season. We kind of thought it was it was the Bruins, it was the the Capitals, the Penguins, and maybe one of the Islanders, Penguins, uh, uh, Flyers, or Rangers. But they're they're just surging and firing on all cylinders right now. They're not relying on a top heavy lineup like the Bruins are, for example. Like they have five forwards with nine or more goals with Barzal, Anders Lee, Pajot, Nelson, and Eberle. They have 10 players with double-digit points. Two of them are D-men. Like, these guys are, like, they're getting help in production up and down the lineup. Varlamov, Simeon Varlamov is having, like, a renaissance, too. Like, he's he's 12-4-3 uh, with a 2-0-4 goals against, 9-29 save percentage. Like, these guys are just clicking and firing on all cylinders. They're getting the absolute most out of their players. And, like, the, the run they've been on has just been incredible. Like, I don't think they were even in, in a playoff spot a few weeks ago, and now they're number one and running away with the division. Like, have you – did you realize they were doing this well? Not this well. I, I knew they were doing well. There's been chatter, but I, I didn't realize they were that strong. But it's funny when you do look at the schedules. They played the Devils quite a bit. They played the Rangers quite a bit, and they played the Sabres quite a bit. So they haven't played, you know, the Capitals, the Penguins – the Bruins or the Flyers, they've had the majority of their games versus the Sabres, Devils, and Rangers. So that might be a reason, like, their their stats are so padded. Like, they're playing the Devils right now, and they're up 4 nothing. So it's just maybe there's something to be said about the schedule, but they're a good team. They're a really good team. They're built well. They have a great coach, Barry Trotz. Everywhere he goes, he's successful. So it doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me is how well they're doing offensively. When you think of the, the – uh, 
Islanders, you always think of, you know, strong defensively. Barry Trotz, a really tight team, you know, keeps it really defensive. But, hey, good for them. They have, they have some solid forwards, like you said. Uh, Barzal's coming into his own. He's, he's a legit superstar. I, th- I think so he is, he's super underrated just because, like, like, we're, like we said, no one talks about the Islanders. They're, they're, nobody they're the little brother in new york everybody you know talks about the rangers even if they're doing bad nobody mentions the islanders they're the hottest team in the nhl so yes my bad totally missed on the new york islanders good for them i hope they don't do good they're not good for hockey when they're good is that okay is good for hockey no he's not yeah. not new york yeah, islanders yeah. Is nobody cares kid? about the new york islanders i know we're a hockey podcast and we haven't talked about them in like two months I hated playing when I went to play the New York Islanders. They had the worst rink in the league. The ice surface was an absolute joke. They moved to the Barclays Center. Barclays Center? How do you say that? Barclay? Barclay. Barclays Center. It was a basketball um, stadium, and they just threw a hockey rink in there haphazardly. The scoreboard was over the defensive zone in one end. It wasn't even over the center dot. It was just a terrible setup. Um, Nobody cares about the Islanders, and – I don't know. I, I wish it was different, but nobody really does. So it's good that they're winning, but I hope they lose in the first round of the playoffs because it's bad for hockey when they're, when they're winning. It honestly is. Nobody cares. It was like the playoffs last year when Dallas and Tampa Bay made the Stanley Cup. The, the, it was okay. No one wanted it to happen. No one at all. So good for the Islanders. I hope they lose. Is that okay to say? We might get some flack from the Islanders fans. They're very passionate fans. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I hope no, they, lose. I, I hope they uh, go 2 2 and 13 in their next 17 games. They're fighting. <laughs> and they might because they're going to be playing stronger competition. And I know they've beaten Pittsburgh a couple times, blah, blah, blah. They haven't they beat the Bruins. Washington they're 3 0 and 1 against the Bruins. Or no, 4 0 against the Bruins, I think. I think the Bruins took one to a shootout, but they had the Bruins number. And that's not a good matchup for Boston if they meet in the playoffs. Yeah, the Bruins aren't going to make the playoffs. So I, that's my prediction, right? Yes, there. they are. Buffalo, come on. Buffalo. They're not going to make the playoffs. Okay, so let's stick with this division. Have you heard the whole saga behind this Panarin stuff? The Russian. Uh, yeah, I haven't paid that much close attention to it. I know this report came out a few weeks ago from Russia, and this so this is I I don't even really want to speak to it because I don't know it that well. But there was um, a, a political event in Russia where this guy was sent to jail, and and Panarin spoke out uh, against against it and against Putin basically in a social media post, and and not long after that, uh, a Russian news outlet comes out with a story about misconduct on Panarin's part with another, a, a woman out in Russia. And he took a leave of absence to go deal with this. The Rangers said they fully support him. He denied any, any, all the allegations against him. Um, that's about all I know. And I probably butchered it, but yeah, he's back with the team now he's practicing. So hopefully that's resolved. Hopefully, um, you know, you can put that behind him. Russia's wild. It really is. You can't it's say like, anything. It's honestly like anything goes. It, it reminds me of the old, like, and mind you, I, I don't know anything about it. Like just the old cold war stuff where people just disappeared. If they disagreed with like the, the Soviet union and stuff, I don't know. It's wild. It's like all oh, this it, kid speaking out against the president. Is that what they call him? The president or some premier premier. I don't know. No, that's the Soviet union thing. Yeah. It's the president. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. And who knows, maybe he did it and uh, he should be investigated, but just from the sounds of it talking, I, I, I've read some articles on it, talking with the players that were on the team, the staff players around them, this and that they're like, no, it just didn't happen. Like they're just trying to get him in trouble. So 
who knows what happens. I don't know. It's weird that he took a two-week break. You know, he just had to clear his head. Kids are so sensitive these days. It's just, it's just like, why? They're Russian. They get shot if they smile. They do. It's like, I need to clear, I need to go clear my head. He probably just went and sat in his penthouse in New York and relaxed for two weeks. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing stones. I shouldn't. I mean, he's probably a good kid, but it's very strange. Good to have him back. The Rangers have been competitive of late, so hopefully you can kind of give him a little push and uh, knock the Bruins out of that playoff spot. That would be nice. Tim. No, no, no. No, no, no. Jack Eichel. No, no, no. Jack Bauer Eichel. He's out with an upper body injury, seven to ten days. At least. What's going on, Tim? You have some connections in Buffalo. Tell us what's going on with Jack Eichel. Yeah, I sent out a few texts, made some calls, uh, try to get some information here. I, I don't really know what exactly is going on, but they said it's going to be at least seven to ten days, which means at least ten days. And apparently he went out of state to get a deeper assessment of the upper body injury that, you know, they're hoping to have more information the next day or two, but like, it's gotta be something serious, right? Like how often do players go out of state to see like a specialist for something? Like, I don't know. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Why? Uh, Just because if there's a specialist who really deals, like just say it's his shoulder, not feeling well, and there's no specialist in Buffalo. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's fly to North Carolina. There's a specialist there. All he does is shoulders. He's like on the forefront of everything. Go check him out. There's someone in Dallas who's really good at knees. There's someone who's really good at wrists or whatever it may be. There's a small group of specialists for every body part scattered throughout the country. It, it happens quite a bit. So that's, that's not abnormal. Do you, think, do you think there's any chance Ico gets traded this year? Not this year, no. I don't off think season. he recoup off season. If if it's going to happen, it'll be in the off season. I don't think he recoup his value this off season just because the future of the salary cap and everything is unknown. Once they get a handle on the fans, the this or that, I think then you can recoup more of his value. But the GMs, I think now they don't know what's going on, and I think you're going to get pennies to the dollar if you try to trade him right now. I think who Buffalo will trade with Stall and Hall. I think they're gone. There's no chance they make it to the end of the season. There, I think they will get some draft capital back for those two guys but you got you got to hold on to Eichel you, you can't you can't give up on him just just yet I think you trade stall you trade hall you try to unload um Skinner in the offseason maybe give up a second rounder trade him to somebody and then you kind of just do one more reset just try again and try to surround him with guys who can you know make a difference and then if that doesn't work then you got to unload Eichel you got you got to let him go let him imagine run. Stall to Toronto and put Stall, Thornton, and Spezza in a line. Three best centers of 2005 and just <laughs> the best in the storylines. Stall's going to go to Edmonton. He's going to go there and win a, try to win a cup. That's what I've heard from around the league. But, he, you know, he's a remarkably consistent player. Taylor Hall's going to go somewhere and underwhelm because he's going to have these high expectations and he's not going to be able to reach them because he's not the player he was when he won the MVP. But, uh, yeah, they're going to get some draft capital for those guys. The Sabres, I was actually just thinking when we were talking about this, oh, the, the uh, Boston Bruins haven't played the Buffalo Sabres. Who is the gimme, game in the, the gimme game in each division? In the Eastern Division, it's the Buffalo Sabres. They're a yep. tap-in. And I would even throw the New Jersey Devils in that, in that category as well in the Eastern they're Division. They're close. Yeah. Those two teams are just – you know you're going to get some points and it's going to be an easy game. In the North Division, I would not even consider Ottawa an easy out. At this time, even though they got by Edmonton seven mm-hmm. one last game, I saw a funny picture the other day. It was like a, 
a big orangutan chasing a kid who is terrified. And it's <laughs> yeah, like I saw this. All the northern coaches running from the Ottawa matchup because, <laughs> <laughs> because if you lose Ottawa, you're going to be fired. I guess that's that's what the joke is. But yeah, I would say Ottawa's the easy out in the West. Who's the easy out? I mean, the Sharks, I guess, but it's not really. They're not. They're not as bad as the the Sabers. But the Sharks yeah, have to be that I team. I guess in the West, yeah, it's the Sharks, Anaheim. They're yeah. pretty easy out, and then it's got to be Detroit in the Central. They're they're a terrible team. Anyways, Tim, you look like you're going to pass out. What's going on? What do you mean? You're so tired. You're rubbing your eyes like oh, I gotta go bed. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm just no, nah, I'm not good. It, it's time. And anything recovering. else we got to touch on here? Uh, no, like I said, go check out those fight videos on, on hockey fights and follow their channels. And uh, we'll be posting a lot more there in the coming weeks. Not too much. I hate overkill the posting. But anyways, everybody, um, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 